The views and opinions expressed by the guests on The Curtain Call do not reflect those of The Curtain Call staff or the Downriver Actors Guild. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most must-listen-to podcast about Downriver Theater. My name is Benjamin Apostle, and this is The Curtain Call. This is another very special episode of The Curtain Call, kind of a spiritual sequel, if you will, to our uh, much-acclaimed Nick and Mishana episode, where they discussed uh, what it's like to be an African-American in the Michigan theater realm. Today, we have Domingo Guzman and Amanda Shatila. Good evening. Thanks for having us. Introduce yourselves, guys. Hi, my name is Domingo Guzman. I've uh, acted with Warren Civic Theater, Southgate Community Players, uh, acting out productions, and currently in Matilda the Musical that goes up in May. Hey, cheap plug, Amanda. (laughs) Hi, my name is Amanda Shatila. Um, I started at the Dearborn Players Guild. I've acted at Southgate Community Players, Don River Actors Guild. I did a show with um, U of M Dearborn. Um, I'm currently in Toledo, so I just did a show with Cutting Edge Productions, and I'll be sticking to the Toledo area. And you guys are here to talk about what, Amanda? Well, I'm sure the episode title will be something different than what I intend, but we're going to talk about being minorities in the theater, which is a problematic word in and of itself, but I'll let Domingo talk. I can see where minorities get a bad, not a bad rap, I should say, but maybe looked over a lot more than others, Uh, but I think one show that kind of broke that mold, but we still have a lot more work to do, was Hamilton. Absolutely. Just because of Lin-Manuel Miranda and his direction. Absolutely. That's what I wanted to touch on first. All right. Was just to give that man kudos because... Oh, yeah. Have you seen In the Heights? I have not. I know. Sacrilegious in this community. I get that a lot. To be Hispanic, too, hasn't seen In the Heights, but it's okay. I'm sorry. We'll forgive you. Take away the card. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... So now that we've gotten the, the good out of the way with Lynn, uh, let's <laughs> let's address the bad. So we've done some work. Let's talk about the more work we have to do. Domingo, you've been all over Downriver doing theater. You've, uh, you're not exactly a, a one-theater man. You've been around. Let's talk about some of your experiences. Yeah. Um, so I've been not only Downriver, but I've been in a lot of the tri-county areas, Warren, Macomb, and Wayne. Uh, and depending on like the type of shows that want to be done, like your popular ones, uh, Mamma Mia, which again, sorry, don't like the show. <laughs> Just Same. at me with your distaste. But such popular ones like that, or Jesus Christ Superstar, or uh, Aida. Aida, for example. Yeah, it's, it's based on Middle Eastern roots mm-hmm. and areas. Yes, it should be done by that descent, but half the time it's not because... It's not because of the theater itself, just the talent that's in the area. I remember I was part of a Miss Saigon production with, uh, I think it was in Royal Oak? Stagecrafters? Maybe. I'm not 100% sure, so I don't want to throw them under the bus for yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, um, And I was portraying one of the natives of Saigon, and everyone else was thinking, oh, maybe we should tan our skin. I'm like, no. I will stay my color, and it'll be fine. They decided to do their own thing, and hey, if you're going to do Miss Saigon with actors that aren't of that specific color, don't, just, just don't do the tanning. Then again, there are some shows where you definitely cannot do the show without specific races, which would be Hairspray. Oh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Unless you're going to do a modern version of it. Like, say you're doing whites versus uh, our Asian brethren. You're at least changing the plot and giving another, how do I say it, another minority race the opportunity to shine, even though it's not in the greatest light, but you're giving them an opportunity. So, um, sticking with this general theme a little, this is something that's been kind of alluded to quite a lot in our comment sections, in our direct messages that we get from people who heard the Nick and Mishana episode, and they kind of glazed over this, um, and I think everyone's kind of looking to you two to delve into it a little more. Let's talk about the concept of these community theaters doing these shows with minority characters in them, where it is important that they are minorities, 
and the community theater goes, either A, they just cast a white person and don't care, or B, they cast a minority, but not even close to the right one. It's supposed to be, let's say it's Jasmine in Aladdin, and they just get, like, you know, a, a Hispanic woman, because close enough, right? Let's talk about the concept of close enough as it comes to the non-black, non-white, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, minorities. Amanda. It's a big topic, <laughs> um, but it's one that I deal with every single time I audition for a show. A lot of times theaters choose to do these shows because I couldn't tell you why. Why a theater would want to do Aladdin and not want to cast a Middle Eastern person, um, it makes no sense to me. Or why a theater would want to do... What's another one that always, always, always gets overcast? That always West Side gets, Story? Oh my goodness. Why a theater would want to do West Side Story, knowing that they don't have Hispanic representation, that's for the board to decide one way or another. But they came to that conclusion. So now they're facing this dilemma that I always hear, well, we didn't have any minorities come out. And to that, I just have to say BS. That's just so not true. Minorities do do theater. We do exist. We're here. Um, oftentimes, maybe we started when we were younger, but we didn't feel like it was a safe space for us because we didn't see right. ourselves on that stage. Um, we weren't given those opportunities that sometimes Caucasian people are given for whatever reason. And to say that minorities didn't come out is just so untrue, especially in Wayne County. We are so diverse in Wayne County. We have maybe a 54% makeup of white people in Wayne County. That's of the 2019 June census. And all the rest are minorities. That's a huge breakdown when you think about other places in America. So to say that no one came out, I think that's BS. See, on that, I would. there's a two-part, I think, uh, consideration topic we can give on that one. Mm-hmm. One, it could be that maybe the director or the casting committee maybe have an idea of how they want to do a show. I, yes. I understand yeah. where that's going to go. And not by any prejudgmental thing, just they may have seen mm-hmm. West Side Story when they were like 14. Like, yep. I want to direct that show and create it just like that at no fault of their own. It's psychologi- psych- yep. psychological. Uh, then there's the other one where you had these minorities come out, because I've been at a plethora of casting calls or cattle yeah. calls, where there's a large group of minorities, but for the part that they're going for, they may have the acting chops for it, for it mm-hmm. but if it's a musical and it's their singing and dancing, they might not have that and then get casted as ensemble, but they're still right. considered to be in it. Right. But I think sometimes it's an actor's ego as well, like, oh, well, my voice is just fine when right. it really wasn't. We'll never know. Like, right. I'll never know why I didn't get cast in certain roles because I can say, oh, well, I didn't get cast. I mean, I've had a lot of times in my life where I can say I didn't get cast as a very specific character that's always portrayed as white. Mm-hmm. That's just what the director probably has in their mind, and they don't even realize it because it's what they've always seen. And I've had plenty of people in my life say, well, you, that's, you don't really know that's why you didn't get cast. And I can't prove it. I'm not in the room. Right. But you always have your suspicions. Yeah, right. And it always works against you. And those are well-founded and well-defended as well. Uh, like myself, when I'm done with an audition, and this is for any production team I've ever been a part of and ever had the pleasure of auditioning in front of, I'll try my hardest mm-hmm. for any, any part I want. But I would love... For any actor, whether white or minority, because I think the minorities are always the ones trying to figure out what they can do better to bring themselves up to that next pedestal, just to be that shining example of, hey, I can do this too. I always ask every casting committee, is there anything I can improve on? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until one of the recent auditions I did, I think it was last year, one of the casting committee people who I knew from a few times doing shows with this organization before that's in Warren um, they said you know we wanted you as this part but this is where you could have improved on that feedback helped and I was able to take that and run with it mm-hmm. I didn't get the part but I could say okay next time this show comes let me attack it from this perspective yeah so I think as if we as all minorities can take that because we have the same egos in acting as anybody oh else. absolutely uh, but to your point, Amanda, it is, of course, we won't know the true reason no. why, and nobody's going to feel comfortable enough to say it. No. Well, sometimes, too, I mean, 
people, you'll never know. People can think, well, they were a better dancer, they were a better singer, they were more right for the part, etc. But then when does that right for the, when does the race and the skin color come into play, yeah. being right for the part? And sometimes I say to directors, I just wish that if they're casting a production, my favorite one's The Little Mermaid, because that's my mm -hmm. favorite movie in the entire world, besides The Godfather. <laughs> the Little Mermaid's my favorite musical, I guess I'll say. And Ariel. We all know what Ariel looks like. We all know what we'd like Ariel to look like, what little girls think Ariel looks like. And so if you have someone who has brown skin coming in front of you, you might just think for some reason, you might not realize it, but you just, something's just not clicking. Yeah. Ah, they, I just don't see them as much. I don't know, something's just not right. And directors might not realize, not right or not white. Right. No, I agree with that because when you think of like Disney being one of the uh, biggest popular Broadway production oh, companies yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and just making, just now making strides with like their own animations. Um, then Broadway trying to make those into mm -hmm. uh, fruition. But I think on certain ones, like, A, she's a mermaid. Right, right. We don't. Have you seen a mermaid in real life? I don't know what color right. they look like. Yeah. So honestly, with those kinds of uh, princesses, you can have a little modernization. And that's I why so. I think minorities can shine in those I types think of so areas. Too. Granted, I don't want to limit them to just like the imaginary characters, right. but like I would love for Sleeping Beauty to be done by a Japanese woman, yeah. uh, African American, yeah. uh, Mexican, uh, Middle Eastern person. It, Shouldn't matter yeah. if they have the chops to do it. Let them do it. That's right. How I feel. So let's let's stick with Disney princesses here, and let's kind of circle back to the close enough theme. Mm. Let's talk about. We'll just use Jasmine as an example. Let's talk about the general reaction. How does it feel to you when you know? I guess we'll we'll start with Amanda because she is uh, of Lebanese descent. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about how it feels to see a Jasmine cast who might not be white, but also sure as hell isn't Arab, who's just, you know, we found a minority so close enough, said right. the white people. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So Yeah, I have a complicated relationship with Aladdin. Um, <laughs> I personally can't stand the show, not the Disney show, just in general. I can't okay. stand, I can't stand not the Disney Broadway show, but the movie in general. Um, there's... The problem with theater and art is that art imitates life, and so this isn't just a theater issue by any means. I mean, 1978, there's a famous, famous um, theorist named Edward Said who wrote a whole theory called Orientalism and how we look at Arabs and how we view them as exotic and other and dangerous, yep. um, the Orient, and we do loop in Asians. So Aladdin is a very good example of that. Um, we view Aladdin as exotic and different there's an opening line in one of the songs about how um it's barbaric but hey it's home oh it just grinds my gears but um i see a lot of places do aladdin jr because it's so and jr more than i don't know if the rights are out for aladdin itself yeah Not but yet. jr and so now we're in with kids and that's even more dicey um and i personally have never seen a production of aladdin jr with a different minority is Jasmine. But I sure as heck have seen it with a lot of white people as Jasmine and a lot of white people as Aladdin and the spray tanning, and that's just really upsetting to me. Um, so if a different minority was to do it, honestly, I'm so jaded at this point that they got a brown person that I'm excited. I, and it's sad to say. And I'm from Dearborn, so you'd think that we would have, you know, some production yeah. of Aladdin in Dearborn that's done it, but... Not yet. Well, it's just Divine Child that did it in there. Yes. Um, Dearborn just did Frozen Junior. The Dearborn Youth Theater did Frozen Junior, and they had two scarfed um, women play, two scarfed ladies play Elsa and Anna, so that was really exciting. Cool. Yeah. And then, again, that goes back to my uh, one of my original comments. Like, it's honestly, at that point, it's about the population of who comes out to yeah. do it. Aladdin, well-known throughout every min minority and the Caucasian race, of course. Yeah. Um, another one being in connection with Disney is, of course, Pocahontas. Oh, that's, yeah. Which hasn't yet been determined by no. Disney, so not yeah. throwing Disney for that one, but in case it ever is picked up, you damn well better yeah. have a Native American right. playing Pocahontas. Yeah, especially because I think people forget that these, like, we're, they're doing the Disney versions of these fairy tales, but 
these fairy tales are known a little, like across the entire world. Um, mm. There are versions of Cinderella in Japan. There are Mexican versions of Cinderella. There are Arabic versions of these story, these fairy tales. So yeah, the Disney version might be one way, and the Disneyfied version of Pocahontas is certainly far from the truth that happened. That yeah. narrative yeah. is very romanticized um, and exoticized. So with that dicey history already, yeah. you the very least you need to do is cast the right one for that show. And I would say, I know Broadway did an off-off version, so off-off Broadway, yeah. of Hercules. Yes. Which, yes. I read the reviews, of course it's filled with a lot of mythical right. gods and everything, so we don't know what color they actually are. Right. They're just beams of light. Sorry, they probably are. <laughs> uh, but if you're going to go off the Greek mythology, a darker skin complexion, you have, I would say that one gives you a broader range of mm -hmm. how dark you can go because there are Caucasian fair-skinned right. Greeks and there are darker olive-toned olive Greeks. Right. So that one might be an even better one for the future of Broadway to use as a right. shining example for minorities. Then And again, not limiting them to only Disney fairy tales. Right, yeah. But I mean, I hate to say it, but Dag is doing Moana Jr., and they're one of the first places to well, get the rights to Moana Jr. Yeah, it just came out, and Dad has the privilege of being one of the first theaters to nice. do it. Um, I don't know if we have a lot of Polynesian people in our area, but it um, would certainly be very disheartening if they didn't make a conceited effort. effort to cast a brown girl as Moana, and especially a brown boy as Maui, because mm. the cultural significance there is so substantial, and the representation that Dag has a chance to portray and show little brown kids that, look, there are people like you yeah. on stage, that would just be phenomenal. Yeah, this is a really big opportunity for the mm -hmm. theater to be able to be one of the first groups that's doing this production and to say, hey, look, you know, we we did it right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or at least give the effort. Yeah, or at, <laughs> at least, give at least the effort. not cast two white people. Right, right. you right. might not, but <laughs> find but, something. Yeah, Polynesian, but... Right. And I mean, that, go ahead. And I, you know, <laughs> no, no, sorry. And that's not a slight towards Caucasian. I'm like, no. If, like, I'm not saying that they're second fiddle to anything, but no, no we're like, we have to consider all, all avenues. Yes. Let's try going with what the ethnicity is for it. If right. we see throughout the days of audition that we don't gear that, and I think that's the one great thing with social media, uh, you can share this not only to the organization and to the population that uh, favors your theater. But there are other uh, groups out there. I believe on Facebook I'm part of two. There's the uh, Michigan Actors. Yes, Match. Yep, Match. Yep. And not the dating site. Uh, <laughs> the Michigan Actors Theater Cohibition? Coalition? Co coalition, Co I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, then there's, I believe, one in Oakland County. I can't confirm that one. Mm -hmm. uh, but they have a Facebook group saying, hey, this form, this form is only for auditions. Yes, yeah. Post whatever you post, whatever auditions you want, and people want to know where did you see it? Where can we stretch right. out? If theaters are going towards that, and that that would be a board decision. If theaters are going towards that, they should be more prevalent on their own social media. Right. Take up every social media option available. Right. Have us uh, with Snapchat. You can reach so many people with Snapchat, even with bloody TikTok, that I still don't understand. <laughs> you and I'm, me both, brother. Because I'm old. You're aging yourselves here. <laughs> I'm sorry. 31, Producer 88, Brian's I'm sorry. trying to do the whoa. <laughs> uh, just stop. The what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, but use social media like that. Right. Um, I mean, I've seen... try. That's a yeah. good effort to try. I've seen, I have to give credit where credit's due, Stagecrafters always produces diverse shows, and I've auditioned for them a few times, and I've seen, um, when they did In the Heights recently, they will specifically put, looking for a diverse ethnic mm -hmm. cast. And I'm in the Toledo area now, and so I, I see theaters there that people here might not know of, but um, there's a show coming up that I've looked at... Um, in Oregon, not Oregon the state, but Oregon, Ohio. It's around Toledo. And they're doing the 1940s Radio Hour, which is not a show that has anything to do with race at all. Um, but that show specifically has on their Facebook post looking for a diverse cast, all ethnicities welcome. And sometimes just putting that little blurb mm -hmm. just really as a minority makes you feel so much more welcome. 
Like, some theaters might not even think about it, but sometimes it's like, oh, wow, I've never seen a brown person play that part before, but it says right. looking for a diverse cast. And I've seen a few, uh, quite a few productions at uh, Stagecrafters because a lot of my friends live in mm -hmm. the Royal Oak area. The one recent one I saw was Ragtime. Oh, one yes. Of my friends was in. Yeah. And I was never heard of it before, so I did some research on it. I'm like, yes, it's a beautiful oh. show. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then there was a, a certain word that's uttered yes. a few times. I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's. <laughs> I'm like, the, the f shock on my face when I heard it, I'm just like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to slowly put my coat on. <laughs> I'm going to slowly make my way to the door. And I'm just like, this is awesome that, because it was a Caucasian man saying it. Mm -hmm. And we... You feel uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, the actor did it. That word in itself does its job. Yes. Which it should never, ever be spoken. But when spoken... Right. Does, unfortunately, negative connotation. But if you're taking it... Into the theater context, I had to defend that show with some of the patrons I went to see it. They're like, they could have just edited it out. I'm like, no, that does a disservice to the author of this show. Oh, absolutely. And to the time and place of that when that show was taken. To your point, the all ethnicities and looking for a diverse cast, that does so much positive yeah. for it. So, like, when you see, uh, what is it, Guys and Dolls. Right. Which, again, sorry, don't like it. <laughs> Uh, Neither do I. <laughs> don't like it, but nothing to do with race. In right, that show. nothing to do with race at the, in that show. So you could have Danny Zuko. Uh, that's the only character I know. So if I butcher any of the others, am I thinking of? Hold on, thinking of Greece. Danny Zuko. <laughs> See, don't yeah. know. Don't We're leave him that in, producer. Yeah, don't go ahead. Leave that hey, that's my arrogance also, in that one. Arguably, nothing. Uh, Greece really works too. To do with race. Yeah, sure. Like. Neither of those have anything to do with race. They're all based in high school. You could do any high school in the bloody area if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you That's think of those true. two, when you think of those two shows, you're yeah. automatically white, white people. people. Yeah, white people. <laughs> but when you people. think of West Side Story, you're like Hispanics. Yep. Be like, yes, but we just don't have to all be Hispanic in that gang. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. another thing with theater. There's a lot, and unfortunately, it can be tied to the uh, movie movie industry as well. You don't see many Hispanics playing like the hero or the right. Right, you don't right. see them playing the hero or the sidekick or anything like that. Um, you see them playing the gangster, the right. Hey, the the villain. Now, I'm not opposed to playing villains. I actually find that as my forte, but that's just my <laughs> acting choice. Uh, but you get this sense that oh, you're only wanting me to play that part because I fit that character role. Right. Which I get, it's a character role, but I didn't put anything down for that. Yeah. I didn't put it as a character I wanted, and I didn't put for ensemble or consider me for any other role. Wow. But you put it's me in that telling. part. Yeah, I mean, life imitates art, yeah. unfortunately, and this issue transcends just theater, and so I can't speak for the experience of every single minority person, but um, there are stereotypes, and they exist, and Mexicans and Hispanics mm -hmm. get painted as lazy... Um, Asians get painted as untrustworthy. Arabs get painted as dangerous. Yep. And so that does follow us into the casting room, um, unfortunately. Sometimes, especially women, not so much. And I'm lucky I'm not scarfed, so I can get away with um, passing a little bit more than some other people can. But, um, like, an Arab man is not always going to be seen as, like, the handsome, leading, prince charming and into the woods. Let's We're talk for ju uh, just because it's just occurred to me that since this is the spiritual sequel to Nick and Mishana, and it's you <laughs> talking about being potentially white passing, this is your opportunity to, on mic, <laughs> give your official response to Nick Brown right now for calling you a white person you know, in Shrek. Nick, just to recap for the listeners who might not have caught that one, Nick, when asked about his most recent show, said he was the only non-white person in the cast. Amanda was also in that cast. Yeah, and there's a difference between race and ethnicity. Um, we know that race is a social construct. Yep. And, you know, race is your physical phenotype features, and ethnicity is more your culture. And I don't identify as Caucasian. I just don't. But I can see, you know, it's all forgiven to Nick. I'm not upset with Nick. I get it. Honestly, when I worked with you in Singing in the Rain with uh, Southgate Community Players, mm -hmm. thought you were Italian. I didn't know you were in Singing in the Rain, Amanda. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I have so many shows in my head, so many shows in my head, so many white people in there. Uh, we have met before. I am part Italian. Cor 
A chorus line. Chorus line. Yeah. Chorus line. I call. I, I was on people. it for like five minutes yes. and I was part of the set. So I, I don't am remember what Italian. that show was. <laughs> chorus line. That show was so racially <sighs> accurate, wasn't it? That show is. Hey, I was just happy to be part of the set. I was good with that because I. That's another show. Don't really care for. But when. Oh, it's one of my But favorites. when a theater, when a theater is needing assistance, and I don't care what the drama is between what the theaters are. I don't see, like you said in the beginning, I'm not a one theater type guy. Yeah. I want theater to, to flourish and to grow yeah. within the community. Now, I know others have their preconceived notions and their own experiences with, say, DAG, SCP, Warren, Stagecrafters, any theater that they had a bad experience yeah. with. So I try not to take any of, any of that to heart when I'm doing a show with a place that is doing a show I want to really do. So we've talked about some of the irritations and, you know, uh, problematic aspects of casting a white person mm. in, an eth- in an ethnic part. Let's flip it okay. and talk about the the struggles of shooting for a part. Kind of what we talked about a little with Ariel, but let's broaden it a little. Maybe use some personal examples of times where maybe you shot for that part that's traditionally white and, you know, maybe there was someone else at the audition who was just as good as you, but they were white, and the feelings that you felt because of that. Or just the, the topic in general as it pertains to, or like Domingo getting put in the character part, or the, the, the funny or the villain part, just because he's not white. Mm-hmm. And because he can't be the lead, you know what I mean? Yeah. So let's talk about that a little. Let's talk about shooting for those parts that are quote-unquote, you know, traditionally white. Right. So, I don't know if... This one probably isn't for acting itself, but on the uh, production side of it. So I was production chairman for Southgate Community Players last season. And I had the honor of uh, producing Jesus Christ Superstar. And I was uh, outside in the cafeteria during intermission because they shoot, uh, they, they, uh, not shoot, sorry. They do a lot of their shows at Davidson Middle School. And I was just talking to friends of mine, saying how they like the show because I'm not in the show, I can actually go out and talk to people. I hear from behind me during intermission somebody saying, huh, they had a Hispanic be the producer of a show? And I don't know why that caught, that was the only thing that caught me off guard. I suddenly stopped talking to my friend and I'm like, enjoy the rest of the show. I'm going to go back because uh, I was was filling in for a quick part uh, as one of the priests. And uh, a number of other characters in Jesus Christ Superstar, so I knew I had to get into costume again. And the cast could tell I was a little irritated. And cast made of a lot of different uh, uh, races. Major- yes, majority white, but that's not towards any uh, shade towards SCP. It's just, again, the population of what we had, and with being such a tight community of other theaters around there, you go, you cast with what you can. But that not only not only stung, but it did almost make me end acting because I'm like I, I can't. That's very that upsetting. hurt for a I'm while. I'm really sorry that happened to you. Yeah, it happened, but I it, honestly, it's the old added adage: what doesn't kill you, right? Makes you strong. And I just hope that you continue to take on those producing roles because 95% of directors and producers on Broadway are white. That was a study done in mm-hmm. 2018. Um, so I hope that you just continue to, at a community level, break those barriers. That's I'm really hoping. upsetting. I'm hoping. Sorry, I didn't mean to No, I mean, I mean in the yeah. room. Right, so. <laughs> it affects you. Yes, absolutely. Great. That's kind of an answer to the... So let's talk about... Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a fantastic uh, example. Let's talk about some roles. Okay. Amanda? Um, you know, here's the thing. It's like I was saying to Domingo, I can't prove the reason I didn't get these roles is because I am brown. I can't prove it. I've never been in the room. But there is certainly, there has certainly been times, um, you know, I'd say in Dearborn is where I've auditioned probably the most, um, like repeatedly. I'm a little bit of a hopper, but there have been times in Dearborn where I've been auditioning for shows. The one I can think of is Legally Blonde, um, where everyone there is not going for L because I just put that one out of my mind. I was like, you know, that's just never, never going to happen. They're never going to see me as Reese Witherspoon. It's not going to happen. But there's, um, there were other, you know, characters in that show, and they're stereotypical sorority girls, and which is funny because I am a sorority girl, um, but I auditioned, and I could literally see the director, you know, you're reading on the stage with other people, and you can see the director look up at you, 
and look back down and then never call you back up to read again. Um, and you know, it's hard because when you're a minority, oftentimes people, at least I get discredited a lot. Oh, well, you don't know that's why that happened or you don't know that was, that was, it wasn't about that or there was just someone better, you know, for the part. Um, and so you always try to downplay any sort of ego you might have. Mm -hmm. um, we don't get as much grace, women and minorities, I think, don't get as much grace as others. And so I hate to say it, but I know that singing wise, I was one of the best singers in that room. Um, so yeah, I can't prove it though. And that's the thing. You walk away feeling like what else could I have done? And yeah. I don't know, sometimes before I audition for things, I think, should I straighten my hair for this? So I look right. a little less ethnic. Should I wear a different makeup? Should I, um, cover up my arms and my chest and then put on, I have lighter shades of foundation. So I just don't know if that's something that goes through the average Caucasian auditioner's head. It does not. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I had a similar, it wasn't, uh that show, but it was Little, uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Another popular show. Uh, you can have so much diversity in that show. Yes. It's, it's not laughable. Not one of those parts is, is race-sensitive. No. You, not, have any you could have yeah. any person yeah. play Seymour. Any Absolutely. person play Audrey. You know, I'd argue the only one that has a mild preference is the plant. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, just, because yeah. he likes his species. Just the vocal Yeah, just because yeah, of the vocal yeah. style. Yeah. But uh, I was auditioning for... Uh, the dentist. Right. Favorite role, one of my dream roles I've always wanted to play. You share that in common with Ben. <laughs> well, let, let's go, Ben. <laughs> right now, throw it down. It's just the gas. Hot <laughs> air, right? Now. <laughs> um, no, so, I know I don't have the strongest singing voice. I have been uh, practicing and practicing for years and years. Uh, shout out to Carly uh, Hillert, uh, who has been graciously enough uh, my best friend for, oh, geez, since I've started acting with community theater, um, she's always told me, she's one of the only people that has ever told me when I sing, you're singing too white. Don't sing white. <laughs> I was like, okay. Gotta work with what you <laughs> got work. going. And that's another one. Work with what you got. So we practiced for days, weeks, up until leading to the night before auditions. Wanted to get one more vocal section, and she's like, okay, I think you're good. Just work on that pitching, that tone. And you'll, I think you might get it. Like, she doesn't know. She's not going to the audition. I go. I sing my heart out. Because, of course, I don't know what song they're going to pick. Uh, and I listen to a lot of the other actors up there. A lot of di diversity in that uh, audition room. But, of course, when I see, go see the show, white guy playing right. the dentist. Because that's just what we've seen portrayed. Right. Yeah. Well, of course. Like no, no. Steve Martin. Right. So. Right. But you can't prove it. Right. I can't prove it. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, I know I didn't have the strongest, but if that's what the vocal director is there to do is to help you learn it and to how to port, uh, get to that area where she feels he or she feels confident enough to saying, okay, I think your show ready is as good as we're going to get or, but yeah. yeah, I'm like, the guy didn't really sing that well. Yeah. Sometimes losing a part stings extra it because does. you don't, everyone, it sucks when you don't get a part. You always question yourself and your talent, but when you wonder, was there another factor right. and I'll never get an answer, that kind of sucks. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Little Shop because Audrey's one of my dream parts, like a million other women, mm -hmm. but um, Ellen Green is everyone's standard for Audrey and she is very much pale, very much a blonde. To me, it's funny because Audrey is from, you know, quote unquote, like New Jersey and she's supposed to have that accent. I think of Italians when I think of New Jersey. <laughs> With the so, hand waving. Yeah, the... <laughs> I think of someone who could be brown. But sometimes I walk into an Audrey audition and I think, I don't know. I just, I just don't think if I'm in. I don't think I'm in what the director is envisioning, whether or not right. they know it. That's interesting. You think about Audrey. Probably technically should look a little more like Snooky and a little less like. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Something, something around that yeah. general. I mean, well, if you look at just in the past couple of years, what do you think, Phantom of the Opera? That character. Right. What color is that character? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then Caucasian. we finally had for the first time yeah. in God knows how long, well, God <laughs> does know how long that show's been running. Raul. Ah, and he is, to me, what a lot of people consider the quintessential phantom. So it shows if you give a brown person a chance, like if you give a mouse a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that one, but okay. Oh, it's, sorry, it's, I've it's, never it's, heard that it's one. It's a kid's book. Children's book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like, all right. Go with that. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the backlash um, in the film industry. Mm. Let's talk about some of the just rampant 
you know, just pre-programmed racism in the in the the average film consumer's audience, where they uh, uh, they hear about a black aerial and the internet explodes, or <sighs> they hear about that whole thing where Mary Jane in Spider-Man uh, was going to be played by Zendaya, or, and was played by yeah, Zendaya. Zendaya. And let and let's talk about how. What about James Bond? Yeah, yeah, Elba. the yeah. Uh, yeah. Can't get more British than Idris Elba. Right. Yeah, but. exactly. Or the the whole sticking with Spider Man. Um, we had Donald Glover, like highly, highly considered. It was going around for a while. Him being Spider Man and the idea of a black Spider Man that isn't specifically Miles mm-hmm. Morales. Yeah, I think that sometimes, um, and this is such a tricky subject. And I wouldn't, if I said I wasn't nervous at all to be talking about this on air, I'd be lying. Um, but it's a tricky subject because a lot of times people don't want to deal with the fact that they might have implicit bias in that they don't realize. Um, and so if they see a very stereotypical white character portrayal and it's being given to another race, I think sometimes Caucasian people feel like that's like an attack against them. Mm-hmm. They might feel like, well, that's something being taken away from me. Um, and I urge them to think just for a second how many opportunities that are just given to Caucasian people and having a Spider-Man be a different race is not in any way taking away Spider-Man from white people. You still get um, all the other superheroes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I oftentimes note that I think that just because another, just because you're being told no, no, you shouldn't play this part because you have to spray tan. Um, it's nothing against you. It's not taking away opportunities from you. Because at the end of the day, a lot of times the reality is white people get told yes, while brown people get told no. White people get told, yes, you can spray tan. Yes, you can put on a wig. Um, yes, you're close enough. But brown people get told, no, I don't really see no. you like that. No, you could never really be that. Or in that same aspect, if they're in the Spider-Man movie, we need uh, somebody to play the thug. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really? Out of yes. everything else, you need yeah. somebody to play. You can't get any other person to play the thug, even if it's a non. Right. What is it? A non-speaking. Right. Action part. I'm just running down the street. And you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but <clears throat> didn't Donald Glover make it into the Spider-Man film as a thug? Wasn't he sure in I there as like a Domingo's nodding and said, "Yeah, no, yeah. no." I, I if could I recall be, correctly, I believe he did. I believe he was in there as like, yeah. wasn't he like literally buying drugs or something? Something like that. He, was, like he was doing something. Or weapons. weapons. Yeah, oh, he was okay. weapons. Right. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Like, not any better, but <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, come on now. Yeah, and I mean, we're not gonna fix that issue in community theater, but we can certainly make strides. Towards yeah, it, I agree. Um, and what can community theaters do? In you guys, you know, opinions. Obviously, you know, we're not going to rewrite the constitution <laughs> of community theaters right. here in in the in the Dag Curtain Call Studio. But what what are some things I would say that you would like to see? I would say give like a give it a chance. Like make it a mod. A, lo- a good number of theaters are going. We're trying to do it modern now. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they're bringing like cell phones into productions now. Like, with certain, uh, what was one of the shows I saw? I think it was, like, Beauty and the Beast. And they played on, like, the mirror. They're like, uh, what is it? Show me the beast. And it was a tablet. (laughs) They're like, okay, they're making it modern. They're, They're connecting it with modern day. If we can do that and show that, hey, Belle can be Middle Eastern, Belle can be Asian. Just yeah. try it. If she already doesn't have a French accent like the right, rest of her exactly. village. Right, So, I'm like, what's the point? I mean... That's what the one of the best things about theater and community theater. Imagination. You don't have to do the cookie book cookie book, sorry. Cookie cutter uh the cookie cutter production of it. Make it your own. Follow, yes, follow the lines, the lyrics, the music and everything like that, which should be followed because it's the law. But there's nothing in there saying, Oh, you must cast a fairly skinned blonde Fairly skinny, white, blonde hair, blue-eyed, uh, Maria. Don't, but if you take into consideration the location, maybe you should. Amanda? So, I think that, obviously this isn't an issue that can be solved um, in the entire world, but I do think that there's things that theaters can do, and things that I really would urge um, theaters to do. So the first thing, it's kind of like a one, two, three. The first thing is, when you cast your season, think about the shows that you're picking why you're picking them, and who you typically get for auditions. And if 
you never, ever, ever get people of color, maybe reconsider doing West Side Story on your season. Um, in that other vein, though, I could say, but maybe you're trying to encourage getting people of color. Maybe you want to branch out your theater. So if that's your goal and you really do want to tell those stories, what Domingo said is utilize social media. That word, diverse, diverse casting, that's so important. Um, I'm going to audition for a production of In the Heights at the Toledo Rep coming up. And they have stated, we are looking for a diverse cast. And so with very specific roles, the main roles are Hispanic and they've listed that. And then they've said any ethnicity is welcome for the ensemble. So just because you're saying that you're looking for a diverse cast does not mean that you are not looking for people who are of majority coloration phenotypically. It doesn't mean we're not looking to take white people. It means we're looking to take all people. And the very last thing that I just, if, if this is the only thing that anyone takes away from this entire episode, it's to directors. It's a plea to directors that when that person is in front of you and you have the idea in your head about what you were looking for or what you've seen, whether it's Legally Blonde or Spring Awakening or Little Shop of Horrors, and you think about that actor actress that you've seen that you're thinking of and you see the person who's actually in front of you please just try to think about your unknown bias that you might have and it's really hard and difficult to do that it's hard to recognize that you might have a bias and that is not something that is against you that's okay everyone in this world has a bias but please put it out of your head for a second the person that you have in your mind or recognize what that person is and how that could affect the person the talent that could be standing right in front of you. And if something just doesn't feel right, if they're just off, ask yourself, really, what is it? Is it because they don't look like the person that you're used to seeing? Because if so, maybe you need to take another look. Could not have said it better. <laughs> Thank you, I've been thinking about it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Amanda, uh, near the beginning of the podcast, <laughs> when um, we first started, you said something that piqued my interest, and I've been looking for my opportunity to circle back to it here and give you the floor uh, to, to, to lecture a little bit. When we opened, you said, you know, minority is a problematic word in and of itself, and I want to mm. open it up to let you explain that. Well... Um, people might not know this, but my focus of study is, um, it's English, but it's minority studies specifically. So, um, I just completed an honors thesis, humble brag. Nice. Um, and my professor has her PhD and she's the one who taught me, um, I wrote about, um, African American literature. And so she's the one who taught me that I didn't use the word minority once in my paper. And that's because to use the word minority, um, this is specifically about African Americans, but it will become true for all of America really soon. To use the word minority is peddling a narrative that is not the reality in this country anymore. So um, by 2045, the U.S. Census predicts that white will be the minority and there will be no majority in America. Our mm. racial breakup will be so mixed, so diverse that there is no majority. And so by using that word minority to refer to people of color, um, sometimes it's problematic because it's not true. That mm. says that we are lesser in the space and that's not always true. Now, can I say that I am a minority in theater? I don't know the racial breakups. No one's done the math of Arabs in theater. But I don't like to use the word minority um, for myself because brown people um, are not a minority in this country. People more than ever are of mixed descent in this mm -hmm. country. No one is 100% anything. And so race and ethnicity are different, but um, I prefer the word minoritized group, minoritized people, because that still represents the struggles that often are put upon us. Um, and this is vastly different for African-Americans, specifically that I was talking about my paper, than others, but minoritized group is a more accurate representation because to say the word minority implicitly states that the population is less, and that's mm. not always true. Absolutely. That's a fantastic point, and as a result, we will absolutely not be using that word in our <laughs> title in any way, shape, or form. Producer Brian, write and that down. Not everyone is going to agree. You know, right. it's just I don't speak for everyone, but that's just how I view it. No, I agree. I agree with that because being in uh, my degree, being in human resources management, there you go. yeah, discrimination is is a big thing, and right. I pride myself on being able to tr look. I try to, as far as I can, do 
because there are still arrogancies in me that I may not have discovered yet, and I try to address those, and I try to make sure that in human resources we continue to keep that abolished, saying just because uh, somebody can do uh, somebody's one color doesn't mean they can do it better than somebody else. It all comes down to what's your skill level, what's your education, and even education is a whole different splinter cell in itself. Uh, but being in HR, you get a wider variety of being able to create, how do I say it, create a more humanizing and more inclusive uh, group of people called citizens of America. Absolutely. Um, so I do want to open the floor to you guys here in a couple ways. That was a fantastic, um, fantastic answer, uh, both you guys. Um, so I do want to give you guys a chance here to address specific productions that perhaps you've been part of or seen or been privy to that just really, you know, drove the point home for you when it comes to being a minoritized individual <laughs> in the theater realm. I want to talk about a production you saw or maybe a production you were part of where you went, wow, they just didn't care at all, did they? Holy cow, look at all those white people. You know what I mean? Um, Amanda. Yeah, there's been a few times. Um, the one that really has stuck with me over the years, and it's this is where I was first cast in my very first community theater show ever. So I have a lot of love for them in my heart, but it's Once on this Island. I think it was 2016. I can't remember. It was a youth production. Um, I don't think it was junior. I think it was a full-fledged production. But, um... That show, funnily enough, just got revived two years ago on Broadway mm -hmm. and won the Tony for Best Revival, and it was an all-black cast because that show, that story, is based on um, the book My Love, My Love by Rosa Guy. She's a black author, and it's about Haitian, uh, Haitian stories. It's the story quintessentially about the black experience. It is a uh, black retelling of The Little Mermaid, and so... From what I've been told, there are some versions of the script that take out the racial aspects of the production, and whether or not a theater, you know, wants to use those, they make it, instead of being black versus white necessarily, they make it more um, rich versus poor. Either way, it just really made me uncomfortable. It just didn't sit right with me. I went with my um, dear friend, Phoebe Gonzalez. She's a very proud Mexican. And we went together, and we both walked out of that theater feeling really upset. Just feeling like that was a, such a great platform to really showcase minority groups. Um, and it just wasn't done at all. Mm. We just felt, wow, we just watched a production that could have been about the black experience, could have been about minority experience, and... Um, once on this island, a lot of people don't know, but it was written. Um, one of the productions of the junior, one of the junior productions was actually written for black youth to give them an outlet on stage, and we just watched a production that didn't have a single, really African American in the cast. And you know that's to take nothing away from the kids. No, they were no, all that very is absolutely talented. not. It's not their fault that they no. got cast um, right it's about administration but a lot of those, people, those kids were yeah. great my little brother was in that yeah. show you know what i mean yes. you know, there's uh but a lot of people in my life kind of told me you're overreacting it's not a big deal get over it you know it is what uh, it is and that's always where i kind of feel like wow it is a big deal yeah <laughs> yeah so you know that's just one example of a theater i don't know if they were in the wrong necessarily because they um went with a different version of the script but why yeah. What's what story did they want to tell? Yeah, Domingo. I would have to say every production I've ever seen of Annie. Don't care who did it. <laughs> every production I've ever seen of Annie. I'm like, you could have had anybody play any character, including Daddy Warbucks, uh, Annie, anybody. Wow, that was a lot of white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like we just went over with like a freaking Crayola <laughs> white crayon and just. Yep, yeah, everybody. <laughs> yep, every, every, oh, Mrs. Butt. Uh, I mean, I'm like, you couldn't have, like, the Hoovers or the Citizens or even the Presidential Cabinet. Just have one guy, one lady, <laughs> one darker skin. I don't care if they were freaking Italian. It was a different shade of white. Right, yeah. But Shock she didn't the music. It was felt <laughs> <laughs> like it. Yeah. I mean, I've been in productions where it's been like that. And that's even doing professional theater. I'm like... Come on. Oh, yeah. High school theaters do it all the time with putting whoever wants to be in the show, come be in the show, because it's a large-numbered show. Kids, adults, 
Anybody can be in that show. There's enough for you to do, even if you're not the lead. Put me in it. I'll be the. F- I'll sweep the stage while we're doing intermission or something and make it a gag. Come on. Absolutely. So, um, keep it. This is not a tradition by any means because there's only been two of these. But keeping with the kind of theme that we went with with Nick and Mashana, usually on the curtain call at the end, I give the the guests the opportunity to talk about their dream roles. Just to kind of lighten the mood from whatever we were talking about and kind of send everyone home yeah. happy and have a laugh. With Nick and Mishana, though, fitting with the theme of the episode, we talked about roles they could never play because they're black. <laughs> and so, and, and funnily, uh, they actually ended up, you know, there was a bit of, they ended up doing like a gender flip thing, too. You, it's obviously, you don't have to do that. Yeah. So I want to offer the, the same privilege to you guys. Now, if your dream role happens to be a role where that doesn't matter at all, then go ahead and tell us. But... Absolutely, you know. Let's talk about a role that maybe you'll never, you'll never get to play because you're not insert ethnicity here. Mrs. Turnblad. <laughs> okay, all Mrs. Right. Turnblad. I when I saw John Travolta do it and Harvey uh, Epstein do it, I'm like, Harvey Epstein. I believe that's yeah. last name. Yeah, Harvey Epstein. Why? Why is every single person's answer a role from Hairspray? <laughs> just, it's just that one. It's just that one. But then another one I would love, I've done before, I would love to portray again uh, Carmen Gio from The Producers. And then Jekyll and Hyde. You know, and I'm going to go on the record right now and say that you would be an awesome Mrs. Turnblad. <laughs> that would be so good. Either but, way. But one I would absolutely die to play is uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Of course, the aptly named lead. Yeah, yeah. Just... There's just so much emotion in that role in, like, all aspects. Absolutely. Just, I love that role. Amanda? Um, there's a few, of course, I have. I want to be Kathy from the last five years, me and every other girl <laughs> my age in the world. But the one that kind of gets me is, I can't explain why, but I love South Pacific. Okay. Um, Domingo probably hates it since he's hated every single classic, classic show. Classic one. Um, I love South Pacific, <laughs> and that whole show is about Polynesian characters and race relations, and I want to be Nellie. And I can't be Nellie because Nellie is very specifically white. She's from Little Rock, Arkansas. And specifically <laughs> ignorant. Yes. And a little um, racist. And, and she in learned. a show where there are very titular brown characters, and I might not be Polynesian, but I sure as heck don't look like I'm from Arkansas necessarily. <laughs> I just can't be Nellie. And it really bums me out because I love the music and I love her songs. Honestly, that's one show I have seen, mm-hmm. and I don't 100% hate it. <laughs> I will sit through it. How can you not jam out yeah. to There's Nothing Like a Dame? Yeah. That's the one I kind of do jam out to, <laughs> a little bit. Not You mean the I'm, male showcase song in that show? Not. <laughs> sorry, not anything towards the women gender, but I just like the song. I don't, I don't like... Agree with it, but oh, it's yeah, catchy. No. I'm sorry, it's catchy. Yeah, but he's expressed on the curtain call. I'm sorry. Right. Um, okay, well, hey, thank you both so much for coming on today. Uh, this has been fantastic. Very eye-opening stuff from both of you. Uh, fantastic guests. Um, so thank you very much, and say goodbye, you guys. Bye. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, as usual, this has been unbiased, unfiltered, and unscripted. The Curtain Call. We'll see you next time. Hey everyone, do you have a comment, question, or episode idea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and send it over our way. We'd love to hear what you think. And just a quick reminder that all of the content within the Curtain Call is the exclusive property of the Downriver Actors Guild. So, copying, publishing, broadcasting, or altering of the podcast in any way is prohibited without the express written consent of the Downriver Actors Guild. None of you would ever think about doing anything like that, right? See you next time!